Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. take no matter the trial I face it's gonna be well with my soul it's not an easy song to sing because a lot of times it's not well with our soul but we've got to learn to make peace where we're at right now in the moment it is well with my soul thank you Jesus for your beautiful presence God we worship you we magnify you hallelujah Jesus you can be seated I'm going to dismiss the kids to Sunday school. Boy, there was such an awesome presence of God in here last night as we were praying. I was, uh, I had my notes and I was studying and I was getting ready for today. And I uh, was really, uh, I don't know, I just, I read it differently than I had ever read it. The scripture that we're going to be in today. If you want to know, it's John chapter 21. Um, we're going to be in there today. And, uh, I just wanted to, I just want to say, as I go through this, I may break down and just start crying. (laughs) Um, but, uh, that's okay. I just felt the presence of God so strong in here last night. And I don't know, I want to be able to convey what I feel like God had placed on my heart in that moment for today. So, um, let me give you a couple of announcements tomorrow. Say men's group. Men's group. Okay, Grandma. Grandma's coming to men's group. The over-enthusiastic bunch of people. <laughs> okay, let's try this one more time. Men's group. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> men's group. Tomorrow, we're going to be- meet at 630. Um, come have fun. We're going to have some stuff. We're going to talk about some things. And uh, we're going to kick off this year with men's group. Get it started again. And then Tuesday at 6.30, we're starting the Corinthians Bible study. If you would like, if you weren't here on Tuesday night, I've already passed out the questions that you can read Corinthians as we're going through. Um, If you would like those and the handout that goes with it, you can grab them. Did you put them out there, Carl, for me? Okay. There is handouts out there. You can grab uh, one of those. If there's not enough, just let me know. Don't be the one who takes the last one. Be like, hey, I got the last one. Can you make copies? Um, I mean, I can print them off again, but like if someone else wanted one, I can, I can make copies. <laughs> um, so if you want one of those, I'm excited about this Bible study. It's going to be different than uh, our past Bible studies. Um, really are going to try and study the Bible and see what God's word says to us. Um, and then I just want to say thanks to everyone who has signed up on that cleaning list. We appreciate that. Um, and so next week we'll get like a, a to-do list and then we'll talk with everyone and we'll figure out, you know, um, maybe like an every other week kind of schedule, split the team up or whatever. Or you can be like, oh, let's just all do it. And whoever's here that day, will do it. And then whatever, we'll just talk about that next Sunday and then uh, we'll figure those things out. So um, that's that for announcements. And so today I am doing things a little bit different. Um, if you, I have, uh, I have sermon notes on Version Bible app, and this week I decided that I would try and make slides 
And so I made slides for this. I don't know if I'm going to make it next week, okay? Just, just full disclosure. It's a lot of work to make slides. I don't know how people do it. I think other people have someone else make the slides for them. <laughs> so I made slides this week. And so I'm going to try. And I, I'm before service, I was like, man, I should have wrote where each slide goes. And, and I didn't. So if you are wanting the sermon notes on, uh, on YouVersion Bible app, that's where you'd go, and there's a little button that says grab the notes, and you can get it, and it'll open up in your app. If you don't have the app, it'll open it up on a website. So if you want them, there they are. But um, I will have uh, slides as we go along for everybody. Just trying to, I don't know, do stuff cool, you know, whatever. And then you're like, wow, that was dumb. That was a lot of work. <laughs> but I hope you like it. I hope it, I hope it enhances what you learned something today um, as I go through this. But let's start with this. Um, so the whole synopsis of this series that we're going to be in, February is, you know, Valentine's Day for all you who didn't know, and you have a significant other, women too, I guess. Um, Valentine's Day is February 14th. And so like February comes around and every church probably talks a little bit about love. Um, and so I'm going to talk about love today, and the synopsis of this is Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he loved you yesterday when you were messed up. He loves you today when you're all put together. Um, and so he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this series is to challenge you to recall when you truly fell in love with Christ. How many of you have like moved on in life and maybe you forgot the day that you just, maybe it wasn't a day. I'll tell you for me personally, it was not a day that I can remember in my life that was like, this is the day that marked my change in my relationship with God. It was a process of time. And you want to know when the biggest process happened? When we moved to Detroit Lakes three years ago, that was when the process for me finding my relationship with God really, really started to sink into my life about how important it was. Now, obviously, I knew a relationship with God was important, but it was different. It was following, you know, in my mind, relationship with God was all about what I needed to do versus what God needed to do in me. And as I began to realize that, my life began to change. So let's, uh, let's introduce this. Let's talk about some past relationships, current relationships, and future relationships. How many of you have got a past relationship that as this comes up, you're like forgotten love. I'm like, yes, I wish I could forget that love that that wasn't even love at the time. I wish I could just forget and just uh, completely forget those past relationships. Sometimes we move on and we forget what has happened and what that person has done to us or what we did to that person. We move on and like for some reason we can just move on. But in other cases, we can't. Sometimes those relationships leave a mark on us that affect every relationship we have. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, I have had a past relationship that affects my current relationships and will probably continue to affect my future relationships. We're not just here to talk about relationships. But I will tell you this, sometimes our past relationships hinder our current relationship with God. Because we, we view, um, okay, parents, okay, now I hope everyone here had a great parent. I had, I had great parents, I did. Did dad do some things he probably shouldn't have done? Yes, but he loved me. I know that. So without a doubt in my mind, my mom and dad loved me, but still there were some things, there's some scars in my life of things that my parents did, but you know what? I don't hold it against them. They were just trying to do the best that they knew how to do. So no parent is perfect. That's the one thing that I tell parents all the time when I work with them. I'm like, parents, you're not perfect and you're going to make mistakes. 
But the one thing we've got to learn is owning those mistakes. Um, and so those parents can have a great effect on us. Um, they can lift us up and they can put us down. For all you kids in here, I'd be like, yeah, mom, stop putting me down so much and go ahead and buy me that toy. You know I need that. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. We can build each other up or we can tear each other down. What, what's the purpose of preaching is not to tear each other down or to tear you down, but the preached word should build us up and uh, should, should help us bring, should bring new life in ours. What about spouses? Maybe there's some past spouse relationships. And you're like, oh, Lord, yes, <laughs> I have those. <laughs> I have some past relationships, just like, you know, boyfriend-girlfriend relationships that didn't end so well. You know, um, they were not good. You know, like, I, I'm not even going to go into all of that, but there are some def definite things that I still do to this day because of some of the relationships that I have. I'm a very jealous person, okay? I'm a very, um, I am... So if I started talking about it, you'd be like, oh my gosh, he's a controlling person and he controls his wife. But that is the far, that's not what it is. But sometimes I'm afraid that, you know, my wife's just going to leave me. I'm afraid my wife's just going to be gone because of like this past relationship that lasted for so long and the, the, the incidents that happened and took place in it while I was in basic training, like um, <laughs> it makes me struggle sometimes. But you know what? My wife, I've been married to her for 12 years. There's some trust that she's built <laughs> There was a point, I'm pretty sure she was like, I'm about to be done with you. This is when we were dating. She's like, if you don't get your act together, <laughs> you can ask her that story. <laughs> but it matters to you, Mary. Because if my wife would have never said, maybe it's time to go to Detroit Lakes, I can guarantee you with almost 100% certainty, I probably wouldn't be here. Because I wasn't going if my wife wasn't going. And I wasn't going if my wife didn't feel called to go because I wasn't going to make her. So it matters who you marry if you want to be in ministry. Your spouse is going to have to support your ministry. And, and, and that's, something, that's one of the most important things that, you know, if you're looking for a spouse, like, that you've got to remember, like, I want to have a relationship with God. Our spouses have definitely helped, definitely play a role in our relationship with God. But also they play a role in, in how we are involved in ministry. They play a role in how engaged we are with the word of God and all of those things. So it matters who you marry. What about friends? It matters who you hang out with. People who come, I'll, I'll, I'll use this as an example. You come out of jail one day and you surround yourself with the same people that, um, you were, that got you there. I can almost with certainty guarantee you're going to end up back to where you were. When I wanted to change my life from drinking and drugs and all that stuff, I had to change the people I hung out with. It wasn't because I was better than them or anything like that, but it was because I had to change the environment that I was in. And maybe you're like, well, Zach, when we going to talk about scriptures? Promise, they're coming. Well, we got to build some foundation here and talk about some relationships because I can guarantee that as we sit here and talk about this, there are people that resonate with maybe every part of this. You're in a bad relationship. You've been in bad relationships. And you might even have the thought that all relationships that will come will just be bad because I'm a bad person. But that's not, that's not of God. And so let's talk about our current relationships. Let, let's talk about how, how our past has affected our current relationship with God. Sometimes we struggle with those current relationships when we see similarities in our past relationships. <sighs> you may look at a person, they may say something and do something, not meaning how you took it, but yet 
you like latch on to that because you have been hurt by the past, by your past relationship. And so here you are in this moment and you are saying, well, they're doing the same thing when really they don't even realize what they're doing and communication can help change the situation. Okay, there's, there's some disorders, you know, that, like mental health disorders. Um, one's called reactive attachment disorder. It's where you've experienced a lot of trauma and just to sum it up real quick, it's where you've experienced a lot of trauma and then you struggle with like personal relationships with people because people are just gonna be gone. Like why should I put effort into a relationship because people just have always left me, they've abandoned me, they've neglected me. What is another relationship? We can put that same type of mentality on God. We can say, well, you know, in this moment he wasn't there, in this moment he didn't do this, in this moment he didn't heal, he didn't touch, all of these things, and we say, well, God, you didn't do this, so you don't love me, and you're really not going to be there. And so we, we, we get to this point where we have this disorder with God, where we think that, that because he what well, we think he wasn't there, we think that he wasn't dealing in our situation, that now we're in this point where we're like, oh God, I just, I don't think you're ever gonna do there anything, ever be there for me. Maybe you even, you're like, you know what, but I know God's there, I'm gonna have a relationship with him, but it's not a very trusting relationship. I keep, I keep God at an arm's distance away. Past relationships have a way of shaping the way we view people. Like, Things that have happened in your past, have you ever been like, this person does this, and you like instantly know probably why they do it, and you're actually right, and that reinforces the bad thinking that people are bad, that people make mistakes, and you know what? Um, the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully uh, wicked, I believe is what it says. Um, and so, so um, could you be right in saying that all people are bad? Well, I guess, I guess you could, because the Bible says that uh, the heart is deceitfully wicked, but that doesn't make every person bad. It just makes our heart in the place sometimes where we need God to shape us and mold us. When I have a relationship with God, he changes me. But you know what? I've still got areas of my heart that God's got to work on mm -hmm. because the heart is deceitfully wicked. Right. And who can know it except for God, right? That's right. That's right. So um, our current relationships, what about this? And maybe you've heard, you know, oh, God's a good father. And you're like, well, I can't even begin to imagine that because I didn't have a good father. I, I can't believe, I, I could never, I couldn't, I can't even associate that heavenly father because my earthly father abused me. Because my earthly father did this and this to me or these people did this and this to me. And so I struggle with my relationship as looking at my heavenly father. I struggle with those things. Maybe, maybe the people that we're connected with right now we just fall out of love with. The divorce rate, and I know there's reasons why that it's so high, but somewhere in the 50% range, and that isn't you know, separate from the church. The, the church isn't separate from those statistics. The church has nearly as high, if not a higher rate of divorce as just anyone else. Why is that? Why do we struggle with this commitment issue and being with one person and loving one, uh, loving one person why do we struggle with that? Sometimes we fall out of love because we've lost the memory of what, I don't know, sparked it. I can tell you, I, re I still remember Rochelle. <laughs> when we started dating, I was like, I have to break up. And I really, 
God, this is going to really make me sound like a bad person, but I really wanted to date her and break up with her because I wanted to hurt her because she reminded me of one of my past girlfriends. Boy, you're like, wow, Zach, you are a messed up person. I know it. Okay, like I just, <laughs> clearly, okay, it's been 12 years, we've worked through a few things, we've had some counseling sessions, right? <laughs> She's like, yes, yes, you've had some counseling sessions, Zach. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but sometimes, maybe, maybe it's not we fall out of love, but maybe we just grow apart. And this is where things, like, take a change in this whole series, in this whole sermon. Because what we're about to read was not that the disciples had fallen out of love with Jesus, but just that some things had drifted. And so in our future relationships, maybe the quality of our relationship is dependent on the things that have happened and, and all this stuff, but what if our future relationships, not only with people, but our future relationship with God could be changed because he began to mend the brokenness. I believe that God can heal the brokenhearted. I believe that God can restore marriages. I believe that God can restore lives. And so what has happened in the past, yes, but don't focus on it. Don't, don't get latched onto what has happened. Focus on your relationship with God. And I can, I can guarantee you that he will work through you and in you to change that mindset so that, he, so that you can see that you can have a quality relationship with the person you're sitting next to. Maybe, you, maybe, you've like, maybe the person next to you, you're like, oh, Lord, I know when we get into the car, we're going to fight. You know what the preacher was talking about? He was right. <laughs> you need to communicate with me. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't bring me into that drama. <laughs> You might be right, <laughs> right, Betty? <laughs> you might be right. <laughs> but one of the most important things that you can do is in love, communicate with the person you're next to. The same thing with the church is in love, communicate to the people that are next to you. I can tell a person what sin is, and I can do it angrily and mean and tear them down. Or I can communicate what sin is, and I can tell them to them in love. It's between them and God at that point but I don't want me to be the factor. So when you get in your cars today and you start talking about, yes, we need communication, good. <laughs> and if you need help, I can talk to you with you guys. <laughs> I'm kidding about dragging me into the drama. <laughs> um, maybe you play, one of the things we've got to learn is we've got to place an importance on the here and now and what we're doing right now in this moment. People... People struggle with the here and now because we're constantly thinking about the future. But we need to be right here, right now, where God wants us and live in this moment where God has placed us rather than thinking about where we could be down the road. All right, here we go. Man, I broke it. I think, I don't know if my remote's gonna work. Here we go, slide three, it tells me. Uh, new... No, I have my notes. <laughs> it's okay, Cindy. All right, let's read the scriptures. John chapter 21. This is the setup. All right, let's turn to John 21, verse uh, 1 through 4. And it says, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples. That's really important. Again. This wasn't the first time after the resurrection that he was revealing himself. 
This is again. So again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He, re, uh, he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called twin, uh, Nathaniel from Cana of Galilee, Zebedee's son, and two others of his disciples were together. And they said, I'm going fishing, Simon Peter said to them. We're coming with you, they told him. They went out and got into the boat, but the night, but that, the night they caught nothing. When daybreak came, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not know it was Jesus. This is really important because in the last series that we talked about, we talked a little bit about the very first time Jesus calls the disciples. And where were they? They were in a boat, right? They were fishing. And here they were. They went back to the moment almost. They went, they went back to what they were doing when they first met Jesus. So here's a couple of things. We got to recall how this is similar to when Jesus first called them. And how is, it, how is this scene similar to our own lives? And then we're going to talk a little bit about distance can distort our vision. So uh, think about this. Recall the times that there's been similar instances in your life. And in this moment, what they're doing, they, they're fishing, and here's Jesus standing on the shore, and they've caught nothing. The setting is familiar, and again, they hear the voice of Jesus, but did not recognize who it was. They didn't know who Jesus was when he first called them. When he, he was just a teacher, and he was standing in their boat, and he told them, cast your nets on the other side of the, the boat, and, and they did it, and they brought in a great catch, and then he calls them as disciples. Let's go be fishers of men. We can become so distanced and out of communication with God that we can't hear his voice. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that can cause that is because we're so caught up in the here and now, the grief and cares of our world. We're so caught up in the situations, past relationships, current relationships, that we are struggling with our very own relationship with God. So we struggle to know, uh, we struggle to know him, and, and, and we struggle with looking for a sign of how his, uh, what his voice sounds like. And what should be familiar isn't familiar because everything I have began to bottle up and I keep right here and I'm struggling with it. So I feel like this scene is a lot like us. We struggle to know when God is talking to us. It wasn't that they had forgotten who Jesus was. It wasn't that they had fallen out of love with Jesus. It was, it was none of those things. But as they drift away on the ship, where they needed to be to fish, I mean, apparently it wasn't where they needed to be to fish because there was no fish there. I must be one of the disciples because when I go fishing, I can't catch fish. <laughs> if I do, it's going to be a little tiny bluegill, you know, like this big. If I, I call it fish sticks, you know. I catch these little uh, perch that are like this big. Also, you can't use those as bait fish. <laughs> you can get a ticket. Someone let me know that. I was just like, oh, I'm going to throw it back in and fish with it. <laughs> nope, you can't do that. <laughs> so I feel like this scene can be a lot, a lot like us. We struggle to know when God is talking to us. And maybe it's because we've drifted a little bit. We're just a little further away. And so sometimes the distance that we are distorts our vision. It, it distorts how we view and how we hear things. If you know this, like uh, if you go out and you were to scream across the lake, if you went out there on the lake and you were trying to scream to shore, 
There's a chance that we might be able to hear you because the sound waves are carried better across the, uh, across the water than they are in uh, just you know, a flat room. You put a bunch of foam in here and it would sound completely different. You all leave, the sound is completely different in this room. When you take the carpet out and there's just concrete things, the, 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 the sound waves reverberate off of different things. And so it changes us. The further I get away from God, sometimes unintentionally, sometimes thinking of I'm doing what I need to do, I have distorted his voice to the point that I didn't know that was Jesus talking to me. I've distorted. I can't really make out who he is. I have pretty good eyes. I do. I can see things. Hence why I don't wear my glasses at all. Like, I do have glasses. I put them glasses on, and I can see, like, the details are just amazing. Like, when you put them on. Like, like I can see the grain in the pulpit, but if I was to put it on, it would, like, jump out at me. It's just, like, way too much. Like, I don't need that much uh, visual stimulation. <laughs> um, but I put those glasses on, and you can see it changes so much. Um, when I worked in surgery, um, I would wear a pair that had a little bit of zoom, uh, not zoom, what would you call Magnification, thank you. <laughs> they had zoom, you just kind of like twist the side and they zoomed in. <laughs> no, I didn't have those. But I had, they had a little bit of magnification so I could see because like when you cut the suture and stuff like that, you had to cut it, like, you need to leave just like a little bit of a uh, little bit of a tail, and you know, I wanted to be just like just right, and so like I would cut it too short sometimes. But I wear them glasses, and I could see just like perfect. And it's because the distance. Now, if I got my face right up there, you know, I could cut it just fine. You're like, well, Zach, you should probably wear your glasses. No, I promise, I can see everything. I can read. You hold up a sign, I can read it back there. <laughs> we were in Fargo yesterday, and I saw the sign, and I could read the the Cheyenne Street from the street before that, from like the the other intersection. I'd be like, oh, no, this isn't the right one. We need to go to the next one. I could read that sign. I have pretty good eyes. So maybe I could have saw Jesus. However, the Bible tells us how far they were. They were 300 yards, or sorry, 100 yards away, so 300 feet. We'll talk about that here in just a minute, but how many of you have triggers in your life? I do. I, I have some moments in my life that I struggle. Let's talk about some triggers. Do you have things in your life that trigger you? Think about that for just a second. Maybe jot something down. What is something that triggers you? When someone yells at me, it triggers me. Maybe, maybe you struggle with that fact that God is a good, good father because of your bad, bad father or, or because of the bad, bad situations that have happened or, or because of the bad people that have done things and harmed you throughout your life. And so you struggle and you're like, someone raises their hand and you flinch. You're like, someone's going to hit you. Or, and, and I'm talking about like physical abuse, but there's emotional stuff that, that, that's there too. Like someone has manipulated you and, and, and you struggle with the submission idea because a man or woman in your life tried to bend you to their every wheel. And you're like, I hate the idea that the church talks about wives submit yourselves to your husbands. The thing is, the Bible, yes, it does say wives submit to your husbands, but the biggest command there and the part that gets skipped over so much is the part is husbands love your wife as Christ loved the church. So yes, it, I don't have a problem submitting to God because I know the love is there. However, I think my wife, if I was constantly terrible to her, she would struggle with the submission part when it comes to being a husband and wife. But I've got to love my wife 
as Christ loves the church. And so that means when she says things to me, I'm going to love her. I'm going to care for her. Let's look at this scripture right here. It says in John chapter 21, verse 5, it says, friends. Now, when I was praying last night, this just wrecked me. Jesus said, friends, you don't have any fish, do you? No, they answered. Jesus starts off with this simple question. Have you caught any fish? But this right here, friends, they hadn't drifted away. Jesus had just been crucified. You can read the story of the crucifixion and read the brutality of it and how mean and terrible it was. They went fishing, like, and I'm reading in, like, there's no Bible that says this. I feel like they went fishing just to process what they had saw. Now, how many of you, if you saw a violent murder like that of Jesus Christ, and then you saw him walking three days later, don't you think there would be a little bit of time you got to process this? They weren't afraid of Jesus. They weren't, they weren't forgetting the love he had for them. But they were drifting a little bit. And they were out on the water. But Jesus called to them friends. Do you know who said we're going to go fishing? Peter. Peter, the Peter that had denied Jesus three times says, let's go fishing. And all the people go fishing with him. And Jesus says, friends, there were messed up people that had sinned, that had denied who he was. And he was like, hey, friends, in spite of the trauma, in spite of everything that had gone on, here was Jesus standing at the edge of the shore saying, friends. That just kind of like shifts the whole story, the whole the whole idea, the thoughts that I had initially started with, because I, I began to realize is that Jesus wasn't angry with them. Jesus wasn't upset with them. Jesus hadn't forgotten, but he was showing himself to them to help remind them, hey, it's okay. You saw some hard things. You've been through some hard things, but I still call you friend. So Jesus starts off with this simple question. Have you caught any fish? Now, this really goes back to the, the beginning, right? Back to when he first called them. He's like, have you caught any fish? He knew these guys hadn't learned to fish any better than they already were. <laughs> have you caught any fish? <laughs> no. And what I love about this whole story is that as Christians, we struggle with allowing God to speak into our lives sometimes, especially when he's not in our boat. Like he's not in the boat, and so we struggle with hearing his voice. We struggle with, oh, is that, is, and we question, is, is that really God? Is that, is that really who it is? Is he really speaking to me? Well, in this moment, Jesus was not in the boat, and he was speaking to them. And hopefully, you will get to the point that as he speaks, you listen. You listen to what it says. You listen to what he says. And you know that he's not there to be angry. He's not there to hate you. But he's there to love you, to shape you, and to change you. Now, as we read these next scriptures here, verses 6 through 7, it says, Cast the net on the other side of the boat. Okay. Now, here we go. Here's the scene. 
early on when Jesus first called his disciples. The whole setup was to get them to this place. This was God, manifest in the flesh. He had a plan. He probably wasn't going to let them catch fish. If they did, it was going to be a tiny little bluegill or a little fish stick, you know, you know, perch. <laughs> That's all it was going to be. It wasn't going to be anything significant. He had a plan and a purpose for this, and he was like, I'm getting them set up right where I want them so that I can show them that I love them. Okay, so in verses 6 through 7, it says, cast the net on the right side of the boat, he told them, and you'll find some. So they did, and they were unable to haul it in because of the larger number of, the large number of fish. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. It wasn't till this point of this miracle taking place that they recognized and said, it's the Lord. Like all of a sudden, right then it clicked. It's, this is it. This is the Lord. This is, this is our Savior. He's the one speaking to us. And he had us cast on the other side of the boat like, like he had us do way back in the other, like whenever he first called us. And he, Simon is excited. Simon Peter is excited. The disciple, the one Jesus loved, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Then Simon Peter heard it was the Lord. He tied his outer clothing around him for he had taken it off and plunged into the sea. He was swimming to Jesus. And one of the things that is so important is like, we're going to read the scripture here where it says that he was, they were, they were 300 feet away. And maybe you're like, well, that's not very far. I can walk 300 feet. But like they were, I think it's probably the Sea of Galilee. I can't remember. Um, and, and, and they're out there fishing and... Um, I don't know, my sister's been there and she's like, the sea's pretty rough, but he's like, I'm gonna go swim to Jesus. Nothing's gonna stop me. So even at this point that they had said, throw it on the other side, they didn't recognize what was going on. It wasn't until the miracles started to happen that they recognized that Jesus even though he wasn't in the boat, he was there. How many times do we wait until we see the miracle and hand of God to recognize that it was Jesus all along calling us, that it was Jesus all along leading us and guiding us, that he really was in the boat. Even though he was speaking from the shore, his presence was right there in that boat. In that moment, he was telling them that he loved them. And we sometimes just, we drift away and we forget and we're like, where was the beginning of my relationship with Jesus? Where did it start? I want to rekindle that first love. I have three dogs. Macy, I would say she's my first love. Cora, she's my crazy love. And Echo is the love I didn't know I needed. Because <laughs> uh, I got Macy first. Cora is just absolutely insane. And Echo... I didn't know I was going to need a third dog. <laughs> uh, so we've talked a little bit about marriage. We've talked a little, about, a little bit about relationships and all of these things. But one of the things that is really cool in here, they started to catch this large catch that they couldn't bring it in. And Peter just like bails. He's like, I'm going to see Jesus. I don't care about these fish fishing all night, but I'm going to see Jesus. He didn't have a love for the fish. He had a love for God. We can get caught up in our love for things. Man, I want to be like Peter. 
Because I feel like I resonate with that. Like, deny Jesus? <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> Run away from God? Oh, <laughs> Been there, done that. Been angry to cut someone's ear off? <laughs> Verbally, not physically. <laughs> um, you know, so, but I've also ran to him. Wow, that's the kind of relationship I want, that he loves me. And in my messed up state, he's still calling. And I don't care about the things and the miracle anymore doesn't matter because Jesus is there. I want to be more so in my relationship with God that I realize that he's there when it doesn't seem like he's there. When he's in my boat, when it doesn't seem like he's in my boat. When I can't physically see him or touch him, he's there and he loves me. Slide seven. All right. What caused them to recognize this was Jesus? And what would cause you to recognize Jesus? I'm sure you have ideas what caused them, because I already told you, because they didn't put the slide up in time. <laughs> but what would cause you to recognize that it was Jesus speaking into your life? Because I, like, full disclosure, I, you know, will think about my own words in my head. Like, Sometimes the voice of God, I feel like, sounds like my voice. And so I question it, and I doubt it. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's me. And then, like, it'll happen. <laughs> Man, the the, it's the phone calls that get me. Like, when I'm like, someone will, God, I feel like God puts someone on my heart, and I'm like, no, that's just me thinking I should call them. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, that's, that, that's, that's, just, that's just me feeling bad. And, and then I'm like, they'll call me, and they'll say something, and I'll be like, God, I felt like I should have called you three days ago. I wish I would have. So I've been working on that personally. Like, <laughs> God loves us, and he's still working on me. <laughs> so this miracle recalled the day that Jesus had called them. They remember that this was the day that Jesus called him. The miracle recalls the need for obedience. I must be obedient in my relationship with God. This miracle recalls the need to be with Jesus. In all of these things, what could I do that would make me a better person, a better Christian, is to be with Jesus. I need that spirit dwelling within me. I need to be with Jesus on a daily basis. I need to spend time in the word. That brings us to the refreshing. See, the beauty of Jesus is that even though you've drifted far away, he is still waiting for you. Now, I made this really cool slide for you so you can see the distance. Okay. All right, here's the front of our church right here. If you walk outside, take a few steps outside to the front door, you're going to be right there. This right here, this parking lot, thanks to Google Maps, I could measure this out is about 300 feet. So this is, that's about how far they were from Jesus. So, I mean, it's a pretty good, sizable three distance when you see it. Yeah, three football fields for all you football people fans. <laughs> I, 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 had a, I had parking lots in my brain. <laughs> I needed to see what it looked like in a parking lot because I'm like 100 yards. I don't see it. <laughs> this, was, this, is, this is how far they were. I mean, when I look at football fields, Honestly, I feel that's how far a football field is, like, huge. You shrink that down, they were a third of the size, so what are we, like, somewhere here? I guess there's three big mark ticks on here, so somewhere, like, here, 
here, here. So there's your three football fields. <laughs> here, is where, here is where Jesus would have been standing, or this is where Jesus would have been standing, and they'd have been out here in the parking lot in their boat. So that's, that's a pretty good distance. When you walk out there, you'll see it drops down a little bit. There's this retaining wall here. You can't really see where that parking spot is. But that's about how far it would have been. Now, even though we drift away from us, he's still standing there. And really, that's, it's really not that far. Just about, I think even my grandma, if she put her mind to it, could probably walk to that point. I don't think she really wants to, and we're not going to try it. But <laughs> here is something that really stood out to me. It was um, that they had been fishing all night long. In my mind, they were tired and they were fatigued mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally drained. And sometimes we get tired to the point that we struggle with our connecting with God. We're so fatigued that we really can't connect with him. Or, or maybe we work ourselves in ministry to the point where ministry is no longer serving people, but it's serving my ego, it's serving myself, it's serving my, my will rather than the will of God. I'm guilty of that sometimes where I feel like I have to do this and this and this. But the reality is, is as I do that, I really just kind of fall out of love with God. I've got to serve God in ministry, but it's not all about the ministry. It's all about serving him and loving him. And that's what Peter demonstrates here when he jumps out of the boat and swims that whole distance. So, but they were tired and fatigued. They've been out there fishing all night, catching nothing. I know how I feel after fishing and catching nothing. I want to get out of there. How far have you gone that you've been tired? Oh, man, I've drifted. I've hung out too far away from Jesus for a long time, and I just get tired. Does it feel like so much work to get where he is? Man, it can seem like it's so much work to get where Jesus is. But one of the stories that I love the most is where Peter was out walking on the water with Jesus, and he starts to sink. And we don't know how far apart they were, but in, the, in an instant in the story, you just see that he stretches his hand towards Peter and lifts Peter out of the water. Here is what I believe, that when we reach for Jesus, when we reach for him, in an instant, he is there to grab us and lift us up. And in this moment, Peter, it didn't matter how far Jesus was. It didn't matter how big the fish were. It didn't matter how big the net and the catch was. He was swimming to Jesus. He was making a break for it. This is where I've got to be. That's where I need to be is with my master. I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do this again. <laughs> Now, I don't have a slide for this scripture, but I'm going to give it to you. It's verses 8 through 13 in John chapter 1. It says, since they were not far from land, about 100 yards away, the other disciples came in with the boat, dragging the net full of fish. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish laying on it and bread. So this right here, they were tired, they were fatigued, they were wore out. But here, when they get to Jesus, their sustenance is met. Their need for rest is met. To dry off is met. Verse 10 says, 
bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. And so Simon Peter, um, and I have that one for you. Uh, bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus told them. So Simon Peter climbed up and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. I feel like that's really important to recognize, that little passage right there that says the net was not torn. Even though there were so many fish, the net was not torn. If you go back to the very first time, the net started to break. They needed other people. And I just, uh, in my mind, when I was praying the other night, I just felt so strong, is that maybe there's been some times that you've broken in your life. When you were doing what God called you to do and you broke, just like the nets the first time Jesus called the disciples. But here in this moment, in this picture, he shows a large catch being brought in and that it was, even though it was so large, the nets did not break. You have been strengthened. God has touched your life in such a way. You don't have to fear the breaking like you did before because he's made you stronger. He's made you better. He loves you. He cares about you. See, what we have got to focus on is the fact that, yes, I've been through this, but he's shaping me and molding me so that I'm strong, so that I don't break the next time he calls. I believe that you have ministries in this place. I believe that God loves you in this place. But stop focusing on the breaking that has happened in your life and focus on the strength that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that I can make it through the next day. I can see my family saved. I can see my loved ones brought to Christ. I believe it, that God has put you through some things so that you wouldn't break in this day, in this age, in this time that we're in. He called you so that you wouldn't break. Yes, you broke the first time, but now you're in a place in your your life and God is not going to let you break he has strengthened you he's brought you to this place he's brought you because you've been rooted in him you've got a strength like no other verse 12 says come and have breakfast Jesus told them none of the disciples dared to ask him who are you because they knew it was the Lord Jesus came took the bread and gave it to them he said the same with the fish this was now the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. They knew who it was. They didn't ask him because they knew. And I feel like Jesus was just like reassuring them that they were not crazy. Yes, you saw me die, but this is me again. I'm still here. I'm st you're not crazy. I still love you. I'm not gone. Have you ever, have you needed the three times for Jesus to come into your life and do some things so that you would just know that you're not crazy? Yes, I've been to that because sometimes I just feel like I am going insane <laughs> and I need Jesus more than ever. Show yourself to me, God. God, let me see what you're doing. Speak to me, God. I need you more today than I did yesterday. Those are my personal prayers. Those are the prayers that I pray because I need Jesus just like every single person in this place. I need a deeper relationship with him. I want to be like Peter when he speaks that I would dive in and say, it doesn't matter. I'm coming to you, Jesus. I got a crazy love for Jesus. <laughs> don't be afraid I don't believe you're going to break you may have broken in the past 
But I promise you, with God, all things are possible. I believe it. And I believe that when he calls us, that's what that scripture is talking about. That all things are possible through him who strengthens us. The calling is not impossible because he is strengthening you for that calling. It's not talking about we can do all things and the Vikings can go to the Super Bowl. That's not what it's talking about as much as I wanted it, Jim. Not what it was talking about. It wasn't talking about your high school basketball team making it to the finals and winning because we can do all things through Christ. That's, that's not what it's talking about. It's when he calls us, I can do that, what he's called me to do, because he is my strength. He's my rock and my right. fortress. He's my yes. shield. He's what I need more than anything. So I have got to have a relationship with him. I got to walk side by side with him. I need Jesus. We serve a God of second chances. We serve a God that loves like no other. I know that there are people in this place that have made mistakes. I have made many, many mistakes. I've hurt people. I've lied. I've told stories. I've done things I shouldn't have done. But you know what? I'm in a place now that I've recognized that while I was broken then, God has strengthened me to this point for a purpose and for a plan. I promise you God is strengthening you, that he loves you, that he cares about you, and that the journey that you're going through right now, he loves you. I believe without a doubt in my mind that everything that will happen, it's going to be better than you could have ever imagined. There was a song that we sang a few times, and it was called Better Than. And last night, as we were praying... Uh, that song came on. And one of the things that I thought of when it came on was how in the moment I was struggling with what to do. And I can tell you, in every time that I let go and let God be God, it was always better than I could have ever imagined. He always fulfilled and did what he promised. It was the moments that I didn't trust him that I would put it in my hands and try and do the things I needed to do, that it would fail, that things would fall apart. And when this song came out, it just spoke to me and my wife because we had been struggling in this moment. What to do? I can promise you if God calls you, it's going to be better than you ever imagined. I promise you if God calls you, it's going to be better than you could ever imagine. You're going to do better than you could have ever imagined because he has strengthened you and brought you to this place and to this point. So as this song plays, I want you think about the words. Think about what's being said. If you need prayer today, if you're struggling with something in your life, if you've had some past relationships, some things, and maybe it's caused your relationship with God to drift a little bit, I believe God loves you. That you're not too far gone, that you haven't gone too far. And that he loves you and he cares about you. So if you want prayer, I want to challenge you to come up to the front and let's pray together today. In Jesus' name, God, we thank you for meeting us here. God, we worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Oh, goodness can be stopped. Your love. 
is better than you could ever imagine. It's one of those things that you're going to have to push through and, and think about and, and fight with. I want to share something with you. I have, like, not shared this with, like, anyone in this church before, but there was a point where I was really struggling because, one, I felt super, super unqualified. <laughs> um, and, and just as like, you know what, God, I feel like you got the wrong person for the job. Like, you need to find someone else. And you know what, I'll be willing to, like, go away. <laughs> I got the weirdest phone call, the weirdest message. I didn't even know the person. I was a pastor in uh, another state. And he was like, hey, we have this church. Um, it needs a pastor. I'm stepping down. And there's, you know, there's all these people. There's like, they, they, were, they were averaging like 200 people. And I was like, okay. He's like, do you know anyone? He's, he didn't ask me if I knew anyone. He asked me if I would be willing to come down and check it out. And I was like, no. Without like a second thought in it, the answer was no. I, and he was like, just, just pray about it. And I was like, I don't need to pray about it. I know that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And if anything, you called me and just told me and confirmed everything. All the fears and inadequacies, the things that I thought I couldn't do. Okay, well, I guess if you can. <laughs> He's like, we're, we're, we're in the middle of a building program, and there's, we're going to have $2 million here at the end of the year to be able to build. And I was like, man, you got the wrong person. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> I was like, I'm where God wants me to be. I know that without a doubt. Here's what I will tell you. It's just because a good thing comes along doesn't mean that it's of God. But sometimes God can use that thing that, that, that he, can, he can grow you and shape you and say, no, you're exactly the person that I've got for the job, that I, want to, that I want to be there. So don't be ashamed, don't be afraid, and know that God is making you stronger because of the calling that he has for you. My last slide here are my questions for reflection. Have you drifted and struggled with the call of Jesus reaching for you? Yeah, sometimes we do. And it's okay if you have, but we've got to recognize it. 
How is your life like the nets? Are you broken and torn or have you become stronger? What do we focus on? The broken and tornness of the first set of nets or that the lar this large catch brought in and the nets didn't break? I prefer to focus on the unbreaking of the nets rather than the fact that they had broken the first time. Yeah, it was great, but you know what? It's even better when they don't break. <laughs> it's even better when we don't break. So Tuesday, we'll have a new Bible study, and these will be questions that we talk about. Two of the questions we talk about. They're not on the list. You'll have to write those down and remember them. But if you want one of those handouts in the back, grab it. Um, 6.30 p.m. Tuesday, we'll have Corinthians Bible study and then men's group on Monday, 6.30. Have a great day. Tell someone hello. Shake someone's hand. Give someone a high five. Tell someone you're glad.